and welcome to Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week gives you a chance to hear about things happening in our area and a chance to hear from some of the people making news or covering it. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. All right, our next guest on the show has been with the Peace River Center for 10 years. Started as a graduate intern while earning her master's degree in professional counseling at Southeastern University. In her role as a director of children's services, she manages daily operations for the children's services department, consisting of therapeutic behavioral on-site therapy, targeted case management, home-to-stay reunification program, and community action treatment team. In addition to providing trauma-informed care training for every Peace River Center new hire, she's very active uh, community advocate for mental health awareness. Tiffany, a certified mental health first aid trainer and partners with local law enforcement through the Crisis Intervention Training Program. Please welcome with me to the program, Tiffany Fritchie, Director of Children's Services at Peace River Center. Good morning, Tiffany. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Happy uh, that you're here. You've got a lot of letters after your name, too, uh, on this. <laughs> uh, so LMHC, I'm thinking, is a licensed mental health counselor. That's right. Uh, but uh, there's too many letters in the next one that I, I wouldn't have any idea what it is. CBHCMS. So that is basically a certified um, cognitive behavioral um, case manager supervisor. So we focus on mental health case management for kids. Okay. All right. So uh, as director of children's services, is there a time when parents should worry or seek out assistance from you guys uh, uh, for their children? Um, or what, what do people, what should people look for, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, that's a great question. So that, that gets asked a lot, right? So everybody wonders, like, well, when's the right time, or, or when is it, when is it too bad, or, or we need to get some support. And, and my question would be, um, tell me what's going on with your kid. What's the baseline for your kid? Because everybody's different. We all have our own baseline. You know, mental health. It's really a spectrum. We have good days and we have, you know, days that are not so good. And so I think that there's always, you know, that opportunity to have conversations with your kids, to be engaging with them. And then when you notice that things are outside of the baseline of normal for them, maybe their um, difficulties with appetite or sleep or with relationships, things just seem off. It's never a bad time to reach out for support. Now, is there a time when, uh, you know, just you would tell a parent, well, just just wait for a couple of days and see what's happening? Sure. Yeah. So what we typically look for um, in a clinical setting is, is something creating difficulty with your ability to function? So mm. sometimes for kids, we see difficulties maintaining or forming relationships, difficulties in grades and attendance in school, difficulties, you know, with their physical health, because we know that mental health um, difficulties can manifest in physical ailments. This happens time and time again with trauma. And so I would say um, when you see disruptions and after a few days, you know, it's still not getting any better. You can always call the Peace River Center um, 24-7 emotional support line and just talk it through. It's never a bad idea to reach out to your primary care provider, but also calling Peace River Center and scheduling an appointment for an intake. It's never a bad way to start just to get an idea for additional support. Just to, to have a conversation, basically, right. is what you're saying. Absolutely. Uh, let's go. In, let's come in and let's talk about it. And that uh, uh, 24 hour crisis line is uh, 863-519-3744, just in case uh, that you might, might like to call and talk with somebody at Peace River Center. And that's uh, manned 24 hours a day, right? Absolutely. And we also have chat features. We have text features. So lots of ways okay. to provide support. So they can get in contact with you. They just don't have, 
not phone only. Absolutely. Hmm? I know some people are more, uh, uh, I guess, comfortable texting. Oh, yes. <laughs> I want to talk to somebody. <laughs> Let me talk to somebody, please. Well, and the great thing I will tell you um, about right now, which we've never had this option before, is we offer telehealth sessions. And so for oh, so okay. long, the only option was, you know, coming into an office, um, you know, in the middle of your work day or, you know, right after school or whenever you had the availability. And now um, for children's services and for adult services as well, you know, you can call and schedule a Zoom session. And, you know, we provide... Um, telehealth sessions we provide crisis mobile assessments where if you are in the middle of a crisis our team can come out to you um, many times we'll have um, parents call or even school officials call because just having that extra layer of support knowing that it's there knowing that you don't have to know all the answers to all the problems um, you know regarding mental health we're here to support and so I think it's nice even if you don't reach out to know that it's there whenever you do need it now I know with the uh, mental health it's different for each individual uh, but in your decade of being with Peace River Center, have you noticed any sort of pattern with children? Is there a certain time when problems hit more than others, or could it be just all over the place? Sure. I will tell you that I think that it's happening earlier um, than whenever I first started. And there's a lot of probably factors related to that. Um, sometimes social media, you know, has a big impact. I know whenever I was in... Social media is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> when I was in elementary school and middle and high school, I mean, th there was a limitation to how much influence your peers had over, you know, your inner self-talk. And now really those limitations are gone with social media you know they're around you all the time and so i can tell you that the onset i've seen is a lot earlier um, because the access is a lot more than it was before and so um, it, it's been really interesting for me you know starting from an intern now as a director just to see um, that the need is still there and even mm. with all the services and what that tells me is Mental health is so important, and it's one of those things where you don't wait for it to get bad, right? You're intentional about creating safeguards and protective factors, and before things become challenging, create conversations with your kids to where you already have those coping skills and supports built in for when you need them. So, it, I mean, it, it's I'm trying to figure out, is it external factors that are causing these problems, or is it, as I've come to believe, uh, there are some problems in the brain, synapses not firing correctly or something like that, and it's going to happen at some point, but maybe there are external factors that push it to starting earlier. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Well, that's the question, right? Yeah. <laughs> so whenever we think about mental health, the, the big dilemma is always nature versus nurture, right? Mm. So um, there is absolutely, um, you know, genetic predispositions, right, and biological forces in place. We know that... Um, in utero, you know, if children are exposed to substances or to trauma, that will affect the development of the brain. We know this to be true. Um, but also you have to look at, you know, the environment. If you're around someone who's constantly lifting you up, constantly, you know, speaking life over you, constantly, you know, coming alongside you and helping you to problem solve, well, you're going to have, you know, resilience built in in those protective factors. But if you're in a situation where um, you may have heard of adverse childhood experiences, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're in a situation where, you might be struggling with, you know, financial um, income or lack of financial income. Maybe you're in a situation to where your housing is not stable. Um, maybe you're having a situation where there is a parent or a caregiver who is struggling with their own mental health or substance use or, or possibly incarceration. 
all of those things kind of build up to create an opportunity for trauma to kind of slip in and to create some some risk factors there. Now, just because you've gone through something hard does not necessarily mean that it will be traumatic in nature because, right, you know, trauma is, you know, it's dependent upon, you know, the person who's experiencing it. We all have our own baseline. We all have our own productive factors. But there's a lot of things that kind of play into well, why does this happen? Why does someone react the way that they react? And I think a lot of times what we find is that it's a combination of biology, but also a combination of the environment. And I will say just because someone has a a genetic predisposition doesn't necessarily mean, oh, this will definitely happen, Mm. but it does create, you know, the, the more likely chance that, well, this could occur. So then what do you do? You know, you're proactive. You, you make sure that you're taking care of your mental health just as you would take care of your physical health. Now, how do you convince uh, the uh, children to do that, though? Uh, you have to get the parents on board. Right. So we definitely um, work hand in hand with all of our yeah. caregivers. And I say caregivers because in Polk County, we have a lot of grandparents right. raising grandchildren. We have a lot of... Um, I just meant parents in a generic, sure. you know, whoever's raising the child. Yeah, th- their person. Absolutely. Right. Um it definitely takes buy-in. And I think a lot of times what helps us is that the parents, the caregivers, they're coming to us, right? So they've been referred to our program or they're asking for help. Maybe, you know, they've had a teacher or someone will come alongside them and say, hey, I think this might be helpful for you. And so they already know, okay, my child is, it might be struggling here. And so that there is that initial buy-in, but then it's just sitting down with that person, you know, at their dining room table or in the office and saying, Let's talk about how we can help. Let's talk about what are the obstacles and stressors that are kind of creating difficulty for your child to, to get better and how can we, you know, come at that and come up with a plan. And so it takes a lot of buy-in mm. and it takes a lot of work. It's not just, you know, dropping your kid off and, and you know, please fix my kid. It's not about fixing anybody. Mm. It's about, you know, partnering with a family to help your child heal. I mean, I know that I probably was messed up from my childhood, uh, but, you know, I had a stepdad who would uh, get up, boy, I'm going to kick you in the behind, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of uh, uh, raising. But that's, I, I don't know if that's gone by the wayside, if there's still people who parent that way or, you know, I I chose my parenting style based on uh, anything that my parents didn't do. So mm-hmm. uh, I tried yeah. to, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like it. Yeah, let me try this instead of that. You know, it, just, it kind of worked out. But I don't know what, what I'm trying to ask, I guess, is uh, when you run across maybe a parent who brings a child to you or, or a caregiver who brings a child to you and, and uh, they're not really buying in, uh, what can you do at that point? Sure. So one of my graduate professors, um, he recently passed away. His name was Dr. Michael Grogan at Southeastern University, an amazing pastor, but also marriage and family therapist. He used to say, until the pain of staying the same is greater than the fear of changing, people don't change. Mm. And so um, that just cut me to the core when mm. I heard that, because yeah. it's so true, right? You know. Well, I've heard, uh, I mean, in, uh, pe- I've heard people say in the past, People are naturally resistant to change. I would agree. And a lot of times, you know, when you think about it, you know, we gravitate to what's normal to us, right? To what's comfortable to us. Mm. But normal doesn't equate to healthy. It doesn't. And as you were saying with your childhood, I mean, I think that the listeners and I I think even, you know, myself and Nick, when we think back, 
why are we the way we are? Why do we make the choices that we make? It's either to support something that was done well, mm. or it's either to counteract something that was not done so well. And so what I would say to the parenting is, you know, for every parent, you know, they've got their own personalized approach to parenting, you know, for whatever, for whatever reason. Um, but myself, I'm a parent, I've got a seven-year-old and I've got a five-year-old mm. and I see in myself what you said, right? You know, taking the good parts of parenting that you experience, but also really pivoting to, to do something better. And, you know, why do parents parent the way they do? And one thing that I found— Because they want their kids to be better than they are. That's yeah. it. And, and, right? And one yeah. thing I found whenever maybe they're not parenting, you know, the way that maybe we think that they should, um, sometimes we see parents trapped in this cycle of toxic behavior because— they might not know. Um, in our home to stay program, our reunification program, so we work with children who have been removed by DCF, right? Mm. And the caregivers, they're working towards that case plan. And when it's time to be reunified, well, we can come in and just support that family so that child is home to stay. And, you know, we go in and we say, okay, well, what's going on here? You know, how did you find yourself in these circumstances? And a lot of times parents involved in the child welfare system were children involved in the child welfare system Mm. so we have this generational cycle of trauma and sometimes you need help to break that cycle and just kind of going back to your point about parenting one of the best kind of um things that that i've kept in my brain just as i've been parenting my own child when i'm walking into a situation you know maybe they're into mischief or whatever it may be sure um, kids get into mischief all the time people get into mischief (laughs) yeah um am i walking into the situation am i reacting or am I responding? Am I allowing my emotions to be center? Or am I focusing on what do they need right now? Kids don't need you to come in there and say, why did you do this? And why did you do that? They need you to say, tell me what happened. And, you know, how can I help? Because what is my purpose as a parent? You know, not to punish. My purpose is to train little humans to be good humans. And yeah. you get that through teaching them. Sounds like uh, they're in yeah. good hands over at Peace River Center. Oh, yeah. uh, we're speaking uh, with uh, Tiffany Fritchie who is the director of children's services at the Peace River Center. Uh, now, when I said that you've been there for 10 years, uh, did you did you actually think about uh, you've already been there for 10 years? Or is it just like, whew, it's gone by so fast? You know, there were moments when it seemed very long, and those moments were correlated with my graduate studies. <laughs> um, but after that, it really has flown by. I, yeah. I can't believe it. I'm about to do a 10-year anniversary myself of hosting this program, so... Oh, boy. In July. What about you? Did it fly by or did it drag (laughs) on? Some days it drags, uh, but other days it just flies by, you know. Uh, Let's take a quick call. Good morning. You're live on Mame the Aim. Who's this? James from Auburndale. Hey, James. I got a question for Tiffany. Okay. Uh, Back in the day, there's the people when they were just getting their kids riddling just to calm them down when all they needed was the good spanking because it was a strong-willed child. Do you still see that happening today? Now hang up and listen to your response. Thanks, James. Thanks so much for calling. I really appreciate that. I will say um, it's really difficult. You know, everybody is case-by-case, right? You know, every child is different. And so what is the purpose of medication management, I I think, is the bigger question. Why why are we medicating a child, right? And so um, medication management is not this scary term that people use. Um, It basically is when the symptoms are so great that you're not able to focus on, you know, managing your behavior or your thought process or thinking through or brainstorming because those symptoms are so severe. And so the purpose of medication management is to reduce the symptoms so you can focus on functioning and, you know, better focus on therapy if that is part of your treatment plan. I will say, you know, that every parent has to decide what is the the best discipline approach for their child. Mm. But my question would be, 
what is the purpose behind what we're doing, right? Is this working for your family? And, you know, are you being responsive? Are you teaching them? What are they learning from this interaction? Um, it's never a good idea, you know, to medicate for the purpose of medicating. Sometimes it's necessary because, you know, those behaviors are not stabilizing with therapy alone, but every kid is different. Yeah, and Tiffany Fritchie is our guest. She's the Director of Children's Services at Peace River Center. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and we like to partner up with Peace River every year uh, to uh, highlight what it is that they do to help out uh, with the mental health of our community. Uh, Tiffany, can people? how do people get a hold of you if they need help uh, with their children, if they have questions uh, or, or they're looking for help? Absolutely. So there's lots of ways to get a hold of support at Peace River Center. You can always go to our website, www.peacerivercenter.org. You can also call our Access to Care number. Um, you are welcome to um, to ask for me if you have any questions. As the Director of Children's Services, um, I'm always glad to, to reach out to families, um, to, to provide support. One of my roles, um, actually, in the circuit, I'm the, the chair of the Circuit 10 um, Child Abuse um, Prevention and Permanency Task Force. So we focus on what are ways that we can reduce um, the risk of child abuse in the community. I'm also um, the Circuit 10 facilitator for um, the Central Florida Behavioral Health Network's residential process. So when we have kids that they've exhausted all of the community-based services um, and really residential is the best next you know, form of treatment, like any person in Polk Highlands or Hardy can reach out to me and I can walk them through that process. So lots of ways. Um, but for me specifically, you're welcome to call Peace River Center. Um, I'm glad to give you my extension. It's um, 863-519-0575. That's the main Peace River number. And my extension is 6235. Um, we definitely are able to help um, and able to start those conversations. And if we are not the right fit or the right form of treatment, we will do our very best to connect you and be that bridge to what your child needs. That is fantastic. Uh, Tiffany, Fritchie is her name. She is the Director of Children's Services at Peace River Center. Tiffany, thanks a lot for coming on the program today. We appreciate all that you do. Uh, I, you have all of these duties and you're raising two children. I don't know how you have find the time in, in the day to uh, do all of that, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you so much. This program was pre-recorded and may not reflect the most current information available. Please welcome with me to the show the sheriff. You know that's how that's how we know him. He's the sheriff, Sheriff Grady Judd. Good morning, Sheriff. I like to think of myself as the public servant of Polk County. Okay. All right. That that works. That That works works for me. I'm good. I just wish you'd bring us some sheriffs on the show. We know how much you love. (laughs) We know how much you uh, love Polk County. So, sheriffs on the ship. Mm -hmm. I do love Polk County. Yep. Polk County is a wonderful community full of wonderful people. And there's a few people in Polk County that allow us to talk about crazy criminals. Okay. <laughs> That's always fun. But speaking of sheriffs on the shelf. Yeah. Can we we'll start with that. I got I got some <laughs> serious some serious talk. But did you know that last year we ordered these just to see you know, mm-hmm. hey, can we raise a little money for the charity? Mm-hmm. Right. We ordered 2,500 of them, and they sold out sold. in, like, the first seven hours. Yep, they sure did. So we thought, hmm, you know, these sheriffs on the shelf are different. Elf on the shelf will sit up there and watch the kids and report back to Santa Claus. <laughs> but if you put a sheriff on the shelf, that dude will keep both eyes open. 
and he'll also report back to the sheriff, and then the sheriff will report, report to Santa Claus about how good the little boys and girls are this year. Because you put the camera in, in addition, there, right? <laughs> in addition to that, you yeah, well, we don't put a camera in there, but you're welcome to. Well, that's in a good addition idea. to that, we also watch Mama and Daddy and Girlfriend and Boyfriend. And anytime you're thinking about a little domestic violence over the holidays, <laughs> just look up at Sheriff on the Shelf and I'll go, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. <laughs> they say sweet things. Because if you get to slap it around your significant other and they dial 911, it's not going to have a good outcome. No, Somebody going to jail. You're going to be on the naughty list mm-hmm. and you're going to be right, eating on- processed meat for Christmas. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, people in jail think turkeys are square. You know why? Because we cut their turkey off of a loaf. There you go. A turkey loaf. <laughs> a turkey loaf. Yep. But they, we do have the, and they, they are a great novelty. They're 15 bucks, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the all the profit, 100% of it goes to Polk Sheriff Charities. And guess what we do with some of that money that goes to the charity? What? We give away turkeys. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, that's that's right. Turkeys. And this Saturday before Thanksgiving, we're going to give turkeys away at three locations. Uh, between 9 and 1030, we're going to be at the Church on the Hill in Dundee. Oh, nice. And then between 11 and 1230, we're going to be at the Lake Region High School in Eagle Lake. And then between 1 and 230, we're going to be at the Lakes Church in Lakeland. Now, I tell folks, if you're struggling this year and you'd like a nice, big, fat turkey free, come down and get in line. Yep. We'll give you a turkey. Now, here's the deal. It's important to understand. Two years ago, I I got my Thanksgiving crushed by a guy who pulled up in a brand-new Ford Mock Mustang. Mm Mm-hmm. Red with black racing stripes. Brand new for a free turkey. Okay. And I wanted to say, dude, these turkeys are for for those that are struggling. Right. We're trying to help those in the community that are struggling. And then I thought to myself, self, if I owned a car that expensive, I'd be struggling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He spent all his money in his car. (laughs) Yeah, I think think so. So anyway... Not the if spirit of it, though. No, it's and not. that's not the spirit of it. But anyway, th- there are a limited number of turkeys, and we would love to be able to give one to everybody. Right. But we're going to give out, you know, I think almost a thousand or something like that, a whole bunch. Anyway, we're going to give them out till we run out. All right. He might have been getting so, that turkey for somebody else too. You never know. If you could, yeah, de- that's, sheriff. You I know. heard that story before. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little, uh, little, uh, a little business. If you could get uh, somebody to forward me that press release about the turkey giveaway, I'd be happy to include that in my news this week, so as many people know about that, it as possible. You know, and if they heard your news with that booming Lynn voice, <laughs> oh yeah, it would, it would be the voice of authority. Well, I mean, I don't have now, near, near as much authority as you, but you know, <laughs> listen. I, I'm so excited about the holidays. It's my favorite time of year that I've got this perfect friend, okay? It's Fur Friends Forever. 
Okay, yes. you got to help me, Miss SPCA. We're <laughs> giving away. We're going to give away. Did you hear what I said on yes, December the tenth at our annual pet fest? We're going to be adopting out furry friends, Aww. and we're waving the fees. Oh, nice! Yay, you're waving the fees. <laughs> is, nice. is that pretty cool? That's yeah. awesome. So if you if you'd like to give a special little puppy or a dog. Or really a cat. I mean, I got lots, lots of cats. cats okay, yeah. mm. you know yeah. we don't like run out of animals. The last time I looked, I had six hundred of them. Oof. Someone asked me the wow. other day, "Do you have a dog?" I got six hundred dogs. I got six hundred. <laughs> wow. How, how many do you have? Mm. So, anyway, the pet fest is a totally awesome thing that we do on December the tenth on a Saturday morning, and we are going to waive the fees and give away. Our furry friends. So yeah. please come down and help us out. Very nice. Very nice. December so that's the 10th. all of our holiday cheer that we're doing at no cost for the community because we love Polk County and the community. Such awesome people. But there's a few criminals mm. that allow us entertainment. <laughs> and this, so I get to talk about them and you get to go, really? Really? People would do that? <laughs> So this is not very funny. I just have to tell you, this okay. is not very funny. I'll stop laughing. Yesterday morning, a little a little 11-year-old boy is oh, walking yeah. appropriately down the side of the road to his bus stop to go to school. But he received an education that he didn't want. He learned about a guy that would hit him with his car. Oh, my gosh. And then yeah. flee the scene. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. This guy left, clipped. Yeah this little 11-year-old boy, and fled the scene without helping, without dialing 911. So anyway, our traffic homicide team who went there because we didn't know how bad this little fellow was injured, the good news is, if it can be good news, he's only got a broken leg and is scuffed up. So he's going to make a full recovery, for which we're totally thankful. Right. So we start tracking this guy. We find some videotape of him racing through the neighborhood. He drives through people's yards. Then he comes to his house. He pulls into his garage and goes inside. So we knock on the front door Mm. because we have tracked his car to his house. His wife or someone there other than him says, we don't park our car in the garage. And we said, well, do you mind if we look? She said, no, and she raises the garage door, and voila, There's there the is the car. <laughs> and the car has some broken pieces at the scene that match perfectly. Oh, right. my gosh. Well, in the meantime, while we're doing that, once again, he runs out the back door of the house while we're doing our initial investigation and flees. Oh, my gosh. I but thought... apparently, it dawned on him that he's in Polk County. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it dawned on him that my deputies are just the very best. So he went to the Davenport Police Department and turned himself in, for which we're appreciative. But get this. He hid the evidence. So we charged him with tampering with evidence and a felony investigation. And he got a felony charge for leaving the scene of a crash where someone was injured. Right. Now— now, think about this. We know that he worked an overnight shift, 
So maybe he was sleepy. Maybe he dozed off when he hit the child. Mm. We don't have any indication it was an intentional act. So if he had just stopped, dialed 911, and helped the little fella out, Mm -hmm. then he'd have been fine. Mm -hmm. But he not only fled, he decided he'd hide the evidence and try to get away with it. Mm. We take a dim view of such conduct. Right. Mm And so does the community. Mm. So now he's locked up with two felonies mm. when he could have been home after just an, you know, an hour or so of paperwork with us, and everything would have been fine. So I tell folks, think about your actions. If you make a mistake, dress up, fess up, and let's fix up. Yeah. I mean, and and he, he's definitely old enough to know better. 66 years old, I heard. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Yes. How crazy is that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, is your just, that is not good at all. Anyway, uh, no, no, we're just happy that the, the little 11-year-old is going to be okay. It's okay. Jeez. Right. Well, you know, and certainly if he had a, a sheriff on the shelf on his dashboard, mm-hmm. he yep. could have glanced over at that sheriff on the shelf, and I'd have shook my head and go, stop. Just stop. <laughs> yep, exactly. Help Help the little dude out. Exactly. You know, it'll be okay if you stop. Uh, then, but that's the way that goes. Yeah, lessons learned. Do you right? have time? Yes. Do you have time for another crazy criminal? Well, actually, um, we we're going to. No, the music is playing. And no, Sheriff, unfortunately, we do not have time today. We have to go to a break. Yeah. Uh, I would like to point out this is not the first time you've thrown me off this radio. Oh, <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not, Lynn. I'm not throwing you, you off. You threw him out. I'm not. Ah. Of course, of course. All right. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody, and I'll see y'all in a couple weeks. And that wraps up this week's edition of the program. Thank you for tuning in and join us again next Sunday for Polk County This Week. Polk County This Week is a public affairs presentation of Hall Communications.